All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation, chapter number 21. Revelation chapter 21, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, God, as we come into your presence once again, Lord, we come in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to thank you for the privilege we do have to gather around the Word of God. And I pray now that you'll speak to hearts. I ask you, Lord, if you would, to give us liberty and vocabulary. God, help us to be obedient to you in everything that we'll say and do. And may we not say or do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. But God, I pray that you'll speak to every soul. Save the lost and reclaim the backslid. And we pray, God, that you'll encourage and strengthen those that may be discouraged or those that may be weary. Most of all, we pray that you'll receive maximum glory and we'll love you. And we'll praise you and we'll thank you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach a few minutes uh, this morning on this subject. On heaven will surely be worth it all. Heaven will surely be worth it all. You know, when you think about this world that we're living in today, we know that we live in troublesome times. Job said in Job chapter 14 and verse number 1 that man that is born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. And you don't have to look very far to find trouble in this world. We know that there's a lot of trials and there's a lot of heartaches and and there's a lot of uh, valleys in this world that we live in. I'm sure that every person... Uh, that has been saved any length of time uh, can relate to this, that you would have to say that you've had your share of sorrow, you've had your share of trials and troubles, and, and sometimes in this life things happen that we just don't have an answer to and we do not understand. And I want to tell you, my friend, everything that you and I uh, may not have an answer to down here, heaven is going to take care of on the other side. Heaven is surely going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth all the heartaches. It's going to be worth all the trials. It's going to be worth every pain and every sorrow and every suffering and every valley that we face in this life. Just one glimpse of His face and one step inside that city, uh, my friend, that celestial city will know that heaven is going to be worth it all. And I want to preach on that subject a few moments this morning. Uh, John says here in verse number 1 of Revelation 21, he says, and I saw a new heaven. Amen. Now John is not talking about the first heaven. That's what we can see when we look up in the sky. We know that to be the first heaven. And John is not talking about the second heaven. We know that is the outer space. And, and we know that's beyond the, uh, the realm of this earth and this sky here. It's the solar system. But, but John is talking about that place where God lives and where God dwells, the, the third heaven. And John said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And when you think about this, John is talking about that place. That's the, 
That's the home of the believer. Amen. That's the, the home of the child of God. And I want to give you some things this morning uh, concerning uh, heaven. We preached on the doctrine of hell last week. And so we want to preach on heaven uh, this morning. We know that sinners go to hell, but those who have been saved by the grace of God, we have heaven to look forward to. Amen. I'm glad there is hope beyond the grave and there's hope beyond this world. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 18 says, or verse 19 uh, says that if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. And certainly that is true. If the only hope we had was in this world, uh, we know that there would be no hope at all. But heaven gives us hope. Amen. And as we think about this this morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture here, I want you to see some things about this place that we call heaven. Amen. I want you to notice first of all, in verse number 1, uh, see here that heaven is a literal place. John says here, uh, the first few words of this first verse, he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. John is not telling us and describing something that he heard about. This is not second-hand information. Uh, but John immediately, when he begins to talk about heaven, he wants us to know that it is not something uh, that someone else told him about. It's not something that he read read about, but John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, uh, uh, John was an eyewitness uh, of the glory world that you and I one day are going to see. And friend, heaven is a literal place. Uh, uh, just like uh, uh, when you think about Chicago, uh, just like when you think about Atlanta, Georgia, or any other place uh, uh, here on earth, you, uh, you can just as real as those cities are, this city that John is going to describe that comes out of heaven here in Revelation 21 is as literal as those cities that we know today. And so heaven, friend, is a literal place. Uh, if you believe in a literal hell, you ought to believe in a literal heaven. Amen? And if you don't believe in either one of those, you still ought to believe because the Bible says that it's a literal place. And so John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He said, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And then notice what he said in verse 1. He he said, and there was no more sea. Amen. Now, when you think about that little phrase there, there was no more sea. What that means is uh, that there's when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any separation. Amen. Uh, seas, you know what they do? Ocean, water, it separates one land from another. But friend, when we get to heaven, heaven is a literal place. Uh, and it's a place where there is no separation. There is no more sea. And that phrase, no more sea, also means that there's no more storms. Amen? Uh, you know that that's where our storms come from. They come up out of the Gulf and they come up out of the ocean. Those hurricanes and those hurricanes produce massive storms and, and they produce massive tornadoes uh, uh, that brings a lot of havoc upon this world. And the earth is groaning the Bible says uh, uh, because it's under a curse. Uh, and that's why we have those storms. Amen? Uh, but can I tell you whenever we get to heaven uh, there's no more sea. And no more sea means no more separation. It means no more goodbyes. But it also means, thank God, there's no more storms. Amen. There'll never be no more rain on the other side. There'll be no more cloudy days. But we're going to a land. The Bible or the songwriter said that is fairer than day. Amen. That uncloudy day is where we're headed to. And John said that there was no more sea. And that means no more storms. And it means no more separation. But it also means no more 
course sailing. Amen. It means that we have reached our final destination as a child of God. We have ran our race down here and we've made it home. Amen. And so John uh, talks about heaven is a literal place. And then I want you to notice in verse number 2 that John tells us here that heaven is a large place. He said, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Now when you think about heaven, friend, it is a large place. Uh, this city that John is talking about, this New Jerusalem, the Bible says here in verse number one or verse number two that it was a holy city. And just like John saw the New heaven and he saw the new earth he wants us to know in verse number 2 that he saw this holy city this new Jerusalem coming down you see when Christ comes back to this earth uh, he will sit upon the throne of David there in Jerusalem and we know that Jerusalem will be the capital of the world uh, and all the world will look to Israel during that thousand year reign uh, upon this earth uh, and Jerusalem will be here on earth but that new Jerusalem is going to come down out of heaven that city here that we're about to look into and that we're about to see. That's the city of gold. It's the city of God. And that city is going to come down and it's going to hover in the atmosphere and that holy city, that new Jerusalem, it's going to hover over that old Jerusalem that we know to be here upon earth and that'll be the city of God. My friend, it'll be a gift to the church. The Bible says here that it was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's where the church is going to live and the church is going to dwell during those thousand years. Amen. We'll enter and we'll go in and out of that city uh, here upon earth and back into that new Jerusalem. It's going to be a wonderful time and it is a large place. Amen. I mean you think about just the city itself lying four square. My friend that's not all of heaven. That's just the city limits. And my friend, that cubicle is, is, is three levels high uh, the Bible talks about. And it's a great city, a city unlike any a city that's ever been built upon earth. Uh, heaven is going to be a literal place. Uh, it is a literal place. And then heaven is going to be a large place. John said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down. It's a holy place, isn't it? And then I want to say in verse number 3, this new Jerusalem that John, this heaven that John talks about in verse number 3, it's the Lord's place. Notice what he said. He said, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. You see, that's a very important verse, verse number 3, because what we have in this verse here is it tells us that heaven is a literal place. It is a large place, but it's the Lord's place. It's where God lives. It's where God dwells. And you would know that it would have to be a large place if God is dwelling there. Amen. We know that God is omniscient, that He's all-knowing. We know that He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But we also know that He's omnipresent. He's able to be everywhere at the same time all the time. Amen. But I'll tell you, heaven is His home. Heaven is His dwelling place. And God has always had a desire. If you go back to the book of Exodus, you find that God has always 
always had a desire to dwell with man. That's why we have the tabernacle. In the book of Exodus, God spoke to Moses and he told Moses to build the tabernacle, gave him the dimensions of it, gave him all the design of that tabernacle. Why? It was so that God's presence could come down in that holy place. And God wanted to dwell amongst and with men. God wanted to have a relationship. Even if you go back to the garden, what did God do? He walked with Adam in the cool of the day. So God walked with Adam in the garden and then Adam sinned and that fellowship was broken and God could not walk with man. So God spoke to Moses, gave the tabernacle and then of course the temple. David gave the materials and Solomon built that temple. God's always had a desire to dwell with man. In the New Testament, the Bible says that we are the temple of God. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God. So we know that, that we're that temple that God lives in and He dwells in in the New Testament. And that's interesting because from the tabernacle to the temples to the temple of, of God down the, the body of the believer... Every temple got better than the one that was before it. But one day, verse 3 says, The Bible said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Heaven is the Lord's place. God will finally, one of these days, will get home, every one of us that are saved. Finally, the last child of God is going to make it in. The bride is going to be completed. And the bride is going to that celestial city. And when we get to that celestial city, uh, God will be there and it'll not be, uh, listen, by faith, but it'll be face to face. Uh, We shall see Him and He shall see us. Uh, And uh, listen, we'll dwell in His presence. And though God can see us now and He can dwell in us bodily, but one day, uh, my friend, we will see Him face to face. Uh, And that's what heaven is going to be. It's going to be standing in the presence of Almighty God and our Savior. And heaven is the Lord's place. It's where God dwells. Amen. And then in verse number 4, I notice here that heaven is a lovely place. Because the Bible says in verse number 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Won't that be lovely? A land of no more tears. A land where... Never again will they fall off one's chin or, or uh, will, will a tear ever run down one's cheek on that, in that land. There, there's no crying in that land. There, there's no tears. The Bible says that, that God is going to wipe away all tears. He is going to erase uh, uh, all those things that would bring heartache and, and headache to our life. Uh, and we do not have any idea what that's going to be like to live in a land where there's no problems, a land where, where never again will we struggle. Well, we had never again when we face a, another hard day. Why? God is going to wipe away all the tears of our past, uh, all the tears of our problem. And then the Bible says here, and there shall be no more death. Amen. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. What a day that's going to be when we enter into that celestial city where no one dies. There's no separation. There's no parting in that land. There's no sad uh, goodbyes in that land. Heaven is a place of of no more death. It's a lovely place. No tears, no dying. And then the Bible says here, neither sorrow. There's not going to be one shadow of sorrow in that fair land. 
There's not going to be one sigh of grief. There's not going to be one place. Uh, uh, there's not going to be one moment uh, where a heart is heavy in that land. God said there's going to be no sorrow, neither crying. Amen. Neither shall there be any more pain. There's not going to be any suffering in heaven. We say goodbye to loved ones down here as they exit this world and slip through that portal into the glory world and they go home to be with God and they leave behind a shell of a body that was once racked with pain and suffering and agony. But can I tell you on the other side, uh, thank God in heaven's fair land, uh, uh, there is no sorrow uh, and there is no pain. Uh, my friend, there is no wrinkles. There is no gray hairs. Uh, uh, there is no time uh, of listen uh, of, of broken bodies. Amen. Uh, uh, there's no nursing homes or funeral homes uh, and there's no hospitals on that side. Uh, everyone is healthy and everyone is happy in that fair land. Heaven is a place where there's no pain. Amen. And then he says this in verse number 5, It's a lovely place. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I'll be as God, and he shall be my son. I want to tell you, friend, heaven is a place that is lovely because it is a place where God dwells. He's the beginning and the end. The Bible says that have the former things are passed away. What a day that's going to be when all the former things of this life are going to be gone. You know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about that would discourage and oppress every one of us. But one of these days, it's going to be gone. One of these days, uh, uh, we'll not have that to think about. That sadness, that sorrow, whatever that pain is or that, that grief that you've got right now. Hey, listen, child of God, lift up your head and look up to heaven's fair land because one step inside the gate and the former things are going to be passed away. Way. And he that sat upon the throne said, I've got a land where everything is new on the other side. And that's going to be a wonderful time. And when you think about it, uh, listen, the, saw, or the, uh, the, the John the Revelator here, he begins to talk about the loveliness of this land. In Revelation 21 and 22, John has given us a preview in these verses of this city. He's told us enough in the early verses of this chapter to make us want to go there. But now, John is going to get a little more detailed. In fact, in verse number 8, he tells us who won't be in that city. He said, the fearful, but the fearful, and unbelieving, and the unbombable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, when you think about these that Paul, or that, excuse me, that John the Revelator li listed here, he talks about the fearful. The Bible said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He talks about the unbelieving. The Bible said without faith it's impossible to, believe, to, uh, to, to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I'm sure that there are times that we've all been fearful. There's times that we've all walked in unbelief. Hey, the Bible talks about all liars. The Bible said let God be true and every man a liar. So there's times that we've all been guilty of, being, of not telling the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. What is, what is John talking about when he mentions these here? The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, whoremongers. Can a murderer be saved? Paul was a murderer. You know Paul's going to be there that you'll see Paul, that I'll see Paul one day. What is it Paul's talking about? The lifestyle. 
He's talking about men that live this as a lifestyle. I want to tell you, friend, if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to be saved. You may be listening right now, and you may say, uh, well, Brother Gravely, uh, there's a, uh, listen, I, 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 every time somebody talks about Jesus coming back or, or talks about going to heaven, it doesn't make me happy. It, it puts fear in my heart because I know that I'm not saved, and I've got that fear there because I know that I'm not, I'm not ready to meet God. Then, friend, you need to be ready uh, today. You need to get right with God now. You need to get saved by the grace of God. Heaven is going to be a place where the fearful, the unbelieving, a uh, hormone and, and sorcerers and idolaters and liars uh, and murderers and abominable. They're not going to be in that city. They're not going to be in that land. Thank God there's not going to be no riot. There's not going to be no crimes uh, uh, within that city. And friend, if you want to go, you've got to make sure you're ready and that you know God in the free pardon of sin. Amen. We think about as he describes who will not be there, what will not be there. He begins in verse number 10. The Bible says that he carried me away. This angel carries John uh, away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And he showed him that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God in her light, like unto a stone most precious, even like unto jasper stone, clear as crystal. Can you see that city? John is on that first summit, that mountain peak. John is overlooking this city as it is coming down. The Bible says here that uh, this city had the glory of God in verse 11 shining upon it. And I think about the, the source of this city. Uh, this angel takes him up in verse 10 and shows him this great city, this holy Jerusalem. It's a land, it's a city where there is no sin, where Satan cannot enter in. It's a land uh, uh, where there is no uh, darkness. Thank God the Bible talks about the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. I mean, here's a city that's so it's transparent gold. It, it's clear as crystal. And the Bible talks about the source and, and the splendor of that city. What's going to make heaven so bright and what's going to make heaven so beautiful is uh, not, all the, not all the scenery that we'll look at. But I'll tell you what's going to make it so bright and beautiful. It'll be the Shekinah glory of God is going to shine from one end of it to the other. And we'll be seeing that. And we'll be standing in that. And the Bible talks about that, having the glory of God upon it, the light of that city, the source of it. In verse 10, the splendor of it. Look at verse number 12, the stability of it. The Bible says, and it had a wall great and high. It had 12 gates, and the gates... Uh, twelve and the, at the gates twelve angels and the names written therein and on the names of the twelve tribes uh, of the children of Israel. And when you think about the stability uh, of this of this uh, of this city, it had this wall around this city and these gates. And of course, the Bible will give description of those gates here and that wall in just a few moments as we read on. But but this this uh, talks about uh, the stability that God has got to land here. These angels standing at these gates. Uh, it produces that stability where we don't have to worry. This is a city that cannot be defeated. It's a city that can never be overthrown. This king is never going to be dethroned. Amen. I'm talking about, friend, it's a, it's a city that, that's going to last for all of eternity. And we're going to live there. We're going to enjoy the goodness and the greatness of God. The Bible talks about the stability of that city. He said in verse number 13, and on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south 
three gates and on the west three gates and we see the stability of this city. If you look a little bit further down, uh, the Bible talks about uh, these gates and it talks about that they were made of pearl and the Word of God mentions that and talks about uh, how that each gate was made of pearl that there was three on each side and that uh, on the north, the south, the east and west. Uh, but even though there was three, yet each gate was of its own pearl. Look at verse number 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gain was of one pearl. I mean, when you think about this city, it's got this wall around it. This wall of jasper, 216 feet high. The Bible talks about it in verse number 17. And he measured the wall thereof in 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of an angel. And the building of the wall was of it of jasper. And the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Oh, what a city that is. What a land. And around that city, John says, I see that city, that wall of Jasper, 216 feet high. Oh, the beauty of that wall, a crystal clear, uh, like a diamond, so beautiful, so bright and so shiny. And then those 12 gates, uh, three on, on the north, the south, the east, and, and the west. And, and then an angel standing at each one. And each, uh, even though there was three gates, uh, each one of them being a pearl. You know, the, uh, the city is a gift to the bride and this is a, a city where the, uh, the bride is going to live the church is going to live uh, in this city and during that millennial we'll go in and out as we said before you think about that the church is the pearl of great price amen and every time we enter through that city and we see one of those gates even though they're three but yet they're one just like in the trinity uh, my friend uh, even though we'll pass through that gate we'll look at that big old gate uh, a pearl amen one solid pearl and we'll see it. And you want it to be a reminder of? It'll be a reminder of who the church is, that we're His bride. We're the pearl of great price. Amen? It'll remind us uh, of how wonderful that is and, and how beautiful it is. Uh, and you know, my friend, that a pearl, whenever it's made, uh, it takes a speck of dirt that pricks in that oyster and it causes it to bleed uh, and it begins to heal that wound by overlaying it again and again and it makes that precious pearl. And I'm reminded of Calvary, thank God, when the side of our Savior was wounded that day, when they opened up His side and blood and water came out and He purchased our redemption. Amen. And He bought, my friend, every child of God. He bought every sinner He saved in His own blood. And what a privilege that is to be a part of the church. Amen. We'll walk through that city and we'll see that gate of pearl and it'll remind us of who we are and how precious we are to God. And to his son. We'll walk through that city. And as we walk through that city, friend, uh, listen, we'll, we'll see that wall of Jasper. We'll see that street of transparent gold. The Bible talks about that in verse number 18. It said the city was pure gold like unto clear uh, glass. And then the Bible talks about it later on. Uh, it mentions that street there. Uh, it mentions it in verse number 21. It said in the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass. I mean, listen, you'll be able to see right through that, that, uh, that street uh, how beautiful that's going to be. Hey, that's going to be that heaven's highway. It's going to be that 
street of gold that leads us to the throne of God, that leads us through that city. What a city that's going to be. And heaven is going to be a beautiful place. He talks about the size of it in verse number 15. He said, and he talked with me and had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are all equal. That city is like a cube. That holy city. Three levels. And John measured it out 1,500 miles in every direction. What a city that is. You know, if you could take that city and set it down in America, uh, my friend, that cubic uh, uh, square... If you could set it down in America, it would reach from New York City to Denver, Colorado, and it would reach from Canada all the way to Florida. That's how large that city is. But it's in three levels. And they tell us that if you was to take that same amount of acreage and break it up, uh, that 48 billion people could live there. That's amazing, isn't it? I want to tell you, there's room at the cross for every sinner. You can enter into heaven's gates. Heaven has room for all of us. My friend, if you're here listening and you're lost and you don't know God, today needs to day you, you need to get saved. And there's a lot of reasons to get saved, but I'll tell you a good reason to get saved. One, so you don't go to hell, but two, so you don't miss heaven. Amen? Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. And, and he talks about the size of that city and the, stri- the street of that city. And then in verse number 21, notice he talks about here in verse 21, verse number 22, he talks about the sanctuary of that city. He said, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. He talks about, uh, my friend, the fact that you and I are able to live in the presence of God, that God will be be that sanctuary. That's what heaven's going to be about. It's going to be about worshiping and serving our Creator. In heaven, they'll be learning. In heaven, they'll be serving. In heaven, they'll be worshiping. In heaven, there's going to be fellowshipping. My friend, that's what heaven is going to be about. We're going to see our loved ones. We're going to see our family and our friends. And we're going to serve God throughout eternity together as much as there is to do down here. There'll be service uh, to do over yonder. And we'll serve our, our Savior. We'll serve our God. And the Bible mentions that, that we will serve Him. And what an opportunity that's going to be one day as we serve Him. And my friend, the Bible talks about, uh, listen, the sufficiency. Look at verse number 23. And the city had no need of of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb of God, the glory of God, is going to light that city. Can you imagine that? The sun rays that beats upon us, my friend, will be from the very throne of God. What a city that's going to be. What a time. The Bible talks about the sufficiency of it. That my friend, that the Son and the Son of God, or that God Himself and the Son of God will be enough. And then he talks about here of the sanctity of it. He said in verse 25 that the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter in anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that which are written in the Lamb's book of life. We know this city will be a reality for 1,000 years to this earth. That it will shine and that you can see it. My friend, anywhere from this world, you'll see that holy city 
as it hovers over Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem hovering over that old Jerusalem here upon earth. My friend, this is the city that we'll live in throughout eternity. Oh, what a city. Heaven's fair land where God lives, where God dwells. And, and my friend, when we think about this city, there's not going to be, the Bible says in verse 27, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth or worketh abomination. And John goes a little bit higher when we get to chapter 22. He showed us the wall. He's let us see the gates. We've walked past the angel. We've stood on the, the street of transparent gold and we've walked through. We, we've seen the twelve foundations of stones and, and seen the names of the apostles that have been written inside the, uh, those foundations. And we've walked down through that city. And by this time, uh, we have felt the Shekinah glory of God as it comes down because we, we have not seen the, the sun nor moon that would not need to be in that city. But, but we felt the rays uh, of the presence of God upon us. Uh, we've seen the angels, the seraphims, the cherubims, the, the 24 elders and, and we've seen uh, uh, those that have gone on before us uh, as we've walked down through that city. But when we get to chapter 22, John says this, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb in the midst of the, of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruits every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. John talks about that river that flows from the throne of God, that runs down through that city. Oh, listen, when you think about that, John is making his way in chapter 22 up by that river, and he's making his way to the very throne of God where that river proceeds out of. And John said in verse number 3, And there shall be no curse, but the throne of God of the Lamb shall be, and His servants shall serve Him. You say, preacher, are we going to serve God when we get to heaven? Are we going to have anything to do? Well, look at verse number 3 again. And His servants shall serve Him. And notice verse number 4, And they shall shall see His face. Amen. One of these days, we're going to see His face. That's where John was headed as he makes his way through that city, as he sees all the sights and hears all the sounds of that city. There's one thing that John wanted to see above everything else. He wanted to see the face of the one that created him. Hey, that's the pinnacle of all eternity, is to be able to stand at that mountain of God, that holy mountain where God's throne is, and to see our Creator face to face. I want to ask you this question, friend. Will heaven surely be worth it all? Will heaven be worth all the trials? Will heaven be worth all the troubles? Will heaven be worth all the heartaches that we face in this life? I want to say one look at His face and it's going to be worth it all. Amen. One look at His face and heaven is going to outshine the gates and the walls and everything else that heaven has to offer. One look at His face will be worth all eternity, friend. What a time, what a day that's going to be. You see, John, he talks about in chapter number 20 and verse number 10, we see his first impression as, as that angel takes him up and shows him that mountain, and show, on that mountain and shows him that city. We see John's second impression, further impression in verse 16 is, as that angel puts that reed in his hand to measure the city. But John, as he's walked up by the river, he's passed by the tree of life. He's passed up through and he's come to the throne of God now in verse number 4 and seen his face. 
And John gives his final impression here. As he said, there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show, uh, to show unto his servant the things which must shortly be done. He said in verse number 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy and of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard them I, I, and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And he saith unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren the prophets and them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. John's final impression when he sees everything. He has seen the inside of this city, the outside, the inside. He's been up to that summit. He's seen the, the face of God and... And now John hears the voice, the voice of our Savior in verse number 20. He which testified these things, surely I come quickly. Amen. You want to know what John's final impression is? It's in verse number 20 of chapter 22. He said, even so come, Lord Jesus. John's impression was, Lord come. I don't think a man, I know that a man could not enter that city see the face of God, and ever want to come back to this earth. Friend, you have a family member, a loved one that's on the other side, and you miss them greatly. You long for them. You want to see them. You already miss them. Some have been gone for some time, many years since you've seen their face, and last time you saw them, you see the age, you saw the, you saw the suffering, you saw the, the pain, but I want to tell you, they don't look like that anymore. Their face doesn't look like the same face that you saw. You'll know them because the Bible tells us that we will be known as we're known. But when you see them on the other side, you're going to see them differently. You're going to know who they are, but they're going to look more beautiful. They're going to be more lovely than they've ever been before. I think about the Word of God in 1 Corinthians. The Bible talks about that. Uh, The Bible tells us that we see through a glass darkly. But one day... We're going to see face to face. One day we're going to see things more clear than we've ever seen them before. There's not going to be a veil like there is in this earth, on this land that we live in on this earth. But one day that veil is going to be lifted. We'll see the face of God. We'll stand in eternity. We'll go through that portal. We'll know as we are known here on this earth. And I want to tell you, John has been there. John has seen it in this, in this passage of Scripture. And John says, Lord, come. Come now. Even so, he said, come, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Amen. And there's a desire uh, for us to go. There's a desire for, that heaven has for us to come. And child of God, one of these days, you're going to see that loved one again. You're going to see them face to face. You're going to worship around the throne of God. That's what chapter 22 is all about. About that river of life around the throne of God. Seeing that loved one face to face. Worshiping throughout all eternity. The darling son and our creator. My friend, that's going to be a wonderful time. And I I want to encourage you, heaven is going to be worth it all. I want to encourage you by saying this, press on, child of God. Keep on, child of God. Pray on, preach on, serve. Keep on serving. Don't don't give up. Don't change course. Don't, Don't throw in the towel. Because heaven will surely be worth it all. Our Father, thank you for the Word of God. 
Thank you, dear Lord, for the privilege to preach. And I pray, God, that you'll take this message, speak to every heart. Lord, may thy will be done. God, I pray that you would speak to someone right now that needs to be saved. Lord, I ask you to speak to someone to, to, to this morning, God, that, that Lord, is, maybe already they know that if they died, they wouldn't go to heaven. God, I pray right now, God, you would draw them. May they find a place of repentance. And may they find salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for what you do in Christ's name. Amen.